I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, dairy advisor John McCabe gives advice on the target breeding season length for spring calving dairy herds and first outlines the profile of calvings. So I suppose over the last two years, Emma Louise, there's been between 1.4 and 1.5 million dairy cows have calved. That's on average. So um, about 390,000 of them have calved in April, May or June. So that's in around 27% of the national herd are calving in these months. Um, I suppose ideally no more than 10% of these cows should calve in April and none in May or June. I guess, John, that's very much in line with the with the targets that we set. Things like our 90% six-week in-calf rate, you know, on, on your standard farm, that would account for the majority of your cows calving in the month of February and March. And, and as you say, there's a target there of 10% or less cows would calve in, in April. Looking at breeding season length, that has a huge impact in terms of, of the profile of how we calve. Can you give us a recommendation in terms of breeding season length for spring calving dairy herds? So the advice um, for breeding season length is to keep it to about 12 weeks. So that means if you started breeding on the 27th of April, you will have 12 weeks breeding done on Monday, the 20th of July. And a cow served on Monday, the 20th of July will calve around the 29th of April next year. So if she's served on the 20th of July, she's she's turning into a late calver uh, at this stage. Ideally, we'd have 70% calving in February, 20% calving in March, and 10% in April. Um, but there are there are always these stragglers that that calve in late April and in May, and the odd one in June. So ideally, the I suppose the, the job of work is to try and get um, less of these these cows calving in May and June. And and considering those cows, you know, you you're, you mentioned um, you mentioned the the word stragglers, and that's often you know referred to these cows that are calving, you know, in late spring and into the summer months. You know, what are the consequences of these later calvers in spring herds? Okay, yeah. So there there are a few consequences. Um, I suppose the main one that is talked about is the extra cost of milking these cows. Um, so compared to a milk, uh, compared to a, ca- a February calver. Um, an April calver will cost you about 150 euro more than a, to, to milk than a, a February calver. Uh, a May calver will cost you 220 euro more, and and it's nearly 300 euro more for a June calver. And these costs they come in the form of uh, extra silage, extra meal, and extra overhead costs like using the bull tank or the milking machine. Um, but I think Emma Louise, we can talk about feed costs all day. But ultimately, I don't think the majority of people who are calving uh, larger than desired percentages of their cows in the April to June period are, are too concerned about the cost of calving the cow in that period um, because they, they can't directly see that money. Um, but what they, what they can directly see is the potential bank balance if they didn't milk them on through the winter. So people with lots of these later calvers um, actually sell a lot of their milk throughout the winter uh, because they have to. And if the farmer is not milking over the winter, uh, i.e. if they have a dry off date around the start or the middle of December, then there are a lot of milk. There is a lot of milk lost out by calving the cow in May or June. <clears throat> this loss, um, I suppose it's added to the costs I've already mentioned. So the, the economics of these cows uh, is fairly easy to work out. 
And aside from the additional feed costs that you mentioned, um, milking cows throughout the winter and also then uh, reduce milk production if if farmers do have a strict dry off date, maybe at the end of December. Are there any other factors or consequences of later calvers on farm? So I suppose I can comment from um, attending discussion groups and what farmers uh, say to me and Louise and um, a lot of people say that uh, milking cows on 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 cubicles uh, is a kind of a dirty job, and you can end up with cell count issues. Um, but there's also the labour factor. So, um, like you're 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 turning on the the, the milking machine and the bulk tank um, and milking cows throughout the winter. Um, I suppose a lot of farmers enjoy having a break between calving and breeding. So even if that's a Saturday or a Sunday evening, uh, milking off um, for a weekend or two before you start breeding, um, it it can really it's good it's a good break for the body and the mind. Um, a large proportion of farmers I talk to don't take any milkings off from the start of February until the bulls go in in June. Um, so if there are no cows calving from mid-April on, it makes things simpler. Um, by, by mid to late April, like if you had um, very few or no cows in the herd that have antibiotics or the danger of failing a bulk tank, um, if they were milked in, then it, it's simpler and there's less risk and you're probably more likely to hand over a bit of control to a relief milker or a family member to, to, to give you a break in that period. Um, I suppose what, what, what they also say is that um, rather than focusing on calving cows, you can, you can turn your full attention to preparing the herd for, for the breeding season. Um, I suppose a couple of the other things that, that, that people say to me is that um, replacement heifer calves that are born on the farm after St. Patrick's Day um, are harder to get up to the desired weights for breeding. For example, like if we have a, 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 cal- a calf born on the 1st of April versus a calf born on the 1st of May, um, the April calf has 30 days less um, days to reach target weights. Um, so if they don't reach their weights, this can have an effect on lifetime fertility and milk production, and thus the cycle continues, I suppose. Um, another point is that um, some of the farmers that are achieving the high six-week calving rates and with not many late calvers, uh, they, they say that you should just get the, the help in place, um, just make the decision and pay for the help. Now, obviously, short-term help can be more difficult to find on dairy farms, um, but I suppose the fact that it is said by others that it is difficult to find shouldn't be a crutch to lean on when, when talking about trying to hire help, um, maybe using the likes of your, your agencies to, to source help. Um, there are new online apps to match up farmers looking for help and potential workers looking for work. Um, and other potential places to find help are, are, are the advert websites and, and through word of mouth. I think you've hit on a lot of, of, of key points there, John. And, and I suppose just to re-emphasize the labor point, because, you know, you've looked, um, you know, breeding is something that's happening now, but it, it has an impact across the full year. And if we think about it, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, getting that compact six week calving rate. And in reality, a cow that calves in the first six weeks will achieve, you know, up to 290 to 300 days in milk by the 20th of December. And that is often the desired dry off date. So you're not drink, uh, you're not milking cows, um, you know, through the Christmas period. And I think, you know, um, you know, you, you've highlighted that there, there, there can be a labour challenge on farms, you know, during the the um, calving period. But, you know, where it's compact, you know, that um, I suppose 
busy calving period where it's all hands on deck, you know, that is confined to a much shorter period of time. If you have the dry off period there, you're 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 giving your, yourself a break there over the, over the Christmas um, and and January months to give yourself a, a break to rejuvenate before you start calving. Um, I suppose there's a job of work to be done uh, to highlight the importance and at that and at the end of the day the extra profit to be gained from calving cows more compactly uh, i've been setting down a new challenge to some of my discussion groups and and that is to have 90% of the herd eligible to milk into the tank for St Patrick's Day so i suppose if you're on a heavy soil or in up up in the border midlands or western region you could you could set that target a week later but i suppose um it kind of focuses the mind a bit more um, to the task at hand, um, which is selling plenty of milk from every cow and cheaply and off grass. So I suppose my new target is to have 90% of the herd milking into the tank for Paddy's Day. And looking to the the breeding season, you know, a lot of people will have started breeding anywhere from the 25th of April to the 1st of May. And as you say, in reality, that will mean that this week they're hitting 12 weeks of breeding. You know, where a farmer um, would traditionally maybe have bred for 14, 15 weeks and, you know, we're looking at the target and the recommendation is pulling that back to 12 weeks. If people make that jump and, and pull back their breeding season by maybe even one week this year, like what, you know, t- taking that de- decision to remove the bull or CCI this week, you know, what will people see in terms of, I suppose, um, the consequences of that um, of finishing that breeding season early? Uh, if a farmer who has a spread out calving pattern decides to finish his or her breeding season after 12 weeks, the likelihood of having a high empty rate is quite high. So these farmers need to make a plan to deal with this. Heifers should be in place or, or, or bought in from a herd with low risk um, of disease to replace these empty cows. And it may be a case in a very small percentages, percentage of cases where the, where the farmer has ample facilities, a low stocking rate, surplus winter fodder, um, and where it won't add too much time to the day's work, that they could leave the bull in and winter the cows uh, and sell them as late calvers. But I'm not a fan of this approach for a few reasons. Um, it means the temptation is there to keep them in the herd when they do calve down the following year. And from my experience, this temptation seems to be very strong. Or in other words, in a lot of cases, these aren't sold. Um, so another couple of reasons would be that if, if fodder uh, supplies run short due to weather events, uh, then you could be exposed to unnecessary risk. We just need to think back to 2018 for that. Um, and if you're selling them on as late calvers, someone else is going to calve them, which is not solving the problem nationally. Uh, and another thing to take into consideration probably would be that if you got locked up with TB, you could be stuck with them. Um, I know, Emma-Louise, this, this podcast is focusing on late calvers, but uh, I'm of the opinion that if there's a problem with lots of April, May and June calvers, we need to know why they are turning up late. Like, is the submission rate not high enough or, or is there another problem? So, like, is it a genetic problem? Um, is it a metabolic pro- problem in the spring? Is it a heifer weight issue, as we've mentioned already? Um, is it a practical problem with breeding? Like, so if it's a genetic problem um, that we're having a lot of these late calvers, I think we need to aim for a higher fertility sub-index in the cows. Uh, I'm always keeping an, uh, an eye on the elite cows in the next generation herd at Moor Park, and their fertility sub-index is averaging over 100 euro. Um, if it's a metabolic problem, like do we have lots of milk fevers in the spring 
or other issues. Um, so do we need to investigate how we feed the herd over the winter and spring? Uh, do we need to test the silage for DMD and minerals, like in particular, uh, I suppose, high K, as we're trying to increase our soil indexes these, these days? On, on the heifer weights, like, you know, if you're calving a lot of your cows in March, April, May, and if you're calving some replacement, if, if some of them are going to be replacements, some of them calves calved in April and May are going to be replacements, um, it's going to be hard to get them up to the target weights, like the, the, as we've, we've we talked about already. And we have to find out if it's a practical problem. Um, so is the breeding of heifers difficult or time consuming? Um, if the heifers are away, consider bringing them home to the milking platform for synchronized AI. Um, this is better than running them with a bull and having a, a stretched out calving pattern of first calvers, because it'll be very hard to get a March or an April first calver back into, into, into February and March. So I suppose bringing the heifers home for five or six days to, to do a fixed time protocol or for two weeks with a prostaglandin program, uh, this won't put too much pressure on grass growth either because you're reaching peak growth at that time. And I suppose the main point I, I, would, I would say is um, on late calvers is late calvers, they generally stay late calvers and we can throw the kitchen sink at them in April and May to try and get them back into February and March. But we need to we need to fix, try and sort the problem. I suppose, John, you've highlighted a, n- a number of key issues. And as you say, you know, it's not just confined to what you do during the breeding season. There is a huge body of work that farmers need to do. And by and large, farmers are doing it very well early on in the season, being very aware of, you know, the any metabolic diseases, making sure heifers are at target. And also then, uh, you know, at the bigger picture stuff in terms of um, the fertility and, and the genetics that are, uh, you know, are, are working away in the background in these cows. I think one of the key things that you're talking about is ensuring that all cows are fit for breeding at the start of the breeding season. And that would mean that cows, you know, are, are calved and also have had, um, you know, a, a defined period where they can resume cyclicity. And ultimately, what you're talking about in terms of, you know, where, where you're tightening your uh, calving pattern, you are ultimately going to take a hit in year one or year two where you're going to lose those late calvers but you know not always necessarily a bad thing because as you say if they're a late calver this year they're invariably going to be a late calver next year and there's not many exceptions to that rule. I suppose finally John if we look at we've pulled the bull or we've ceased AI um, you know, a comment that we get from a lot of farmers is God my best cow is after cycling she's after coming cycling today what do you do with that cow? Yeah, and this comes up at discussion groups plenty, Emma-Louise. I think uh, if she's your best cow and she comes cycling um, after the 20th of July, I don't think she's your best cow at all. Um, so it'd be better to have a, a February or March calving cow. Um, I suppose just to summarise, um, I think the transition um, needs to be planned out. And that is pulling the bull on time, or in other words, uh, Monday the 20th of July. Uh, if we have the facilities, continue to milk on these late calvers throughout the winter uh, because you can't afford not to. Sell them as empties out of the parlour in February or March for €900 Euro, rather than taking 400 quid for them as empties in December. Yes, they'll have eaten silages and meals and taken up other costs, uh, but we will have either put milk in the tank or condition up on their backs and we'll have made a plan for drying off the following year. Um, without as many late calvers, hopefully. 
So then you need to replace these uh, empty cows with early calving, high EBI, high fertility heifers. And when that is done, sit down, figure out why do you have the late calvers in the first place so that that problem can be sorted in the years ahead and that you don't end up back at square one in a few years time with the current February and March calvers drifting into April and May. Thank you, John. No problem, Annalise. That's it for this week's episode of The Dairy Edge and my thanks to John McCabe for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.